Hey, welcome to another Community Spotlight interview here of the Beginner Photography Podcast. This week we are chatting with community member Shane Wilkie. And what's great is that Shane has, uh, you know, whenever I see Shane's photos in the group, I, I feel like they always stand out for one reason or another. Uh, there's something about the way that he shoots that I can see how his brain is working, which I really like. Uh, so in this interview, we actually chat, you know, all about how he got started in photography. And what's great and similar to me is that he started with video and then moved on to photo. And maybe that's why, you know, maybe some things stand out to me more than, uh, you know, maybe others. Because I kind of started in a very similar place to him. Uh, however, I wasn't shooting skateboard videos. It was more just like, you know, dumb videos with my friends and I. Uh, but still, it's there. And I think that's one thing that is, is so wonderful about photography is that uh, it is so subjective and everybody sees something different in a photograph. And I think it was Ansel Adams who said that there's two people in every single photograph. It is one is the photographer and two is the person viewing the photo, meaning that, you know, there's not, um, you know, seven billion fo- people in every photograph, just two, right? The vision that the photographer had and then the person viewing it because everybody is going to view it entirely different. So it was very cool. Now, Shane has been a very active member uh, in the group over the past few months since he started in photography. And in that time, again, it's just been really cool to see how he has grown. I think that it's it, it's almost a given that, you know, if you're going to get into the group, if you're going to uh, really dedicate yourself to photography, you're going to grow. But it's just been really cool to see how uh, you know, people grow, and in this case, Shane here, uh, and as well as the quality of his work. I think that you're going to get a lot out of this one because, um, uh, you know, it's really cool what Shane shares, which you'll hear in a bit. I don't know why I'm, you know, giving this away, but uh, I think the sentiment of Shane trying to work uh, for, in his photography to afford new and better gear, uh, and you're going to get a ton out of him sharing how he works within the limitations of his gear to still be able to get the shots that it is that he wants. Now, we, both Shane and I, would love to invite you into the Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook community so that you can have similar conversations, so that you can be a part of this community that uh, that, that you have all built uh, and is made for one of the safest places on the internet for new photographers to ask questions, share photos, get feedback, uh, and again, feel like you are part of a community because at the end of the day, uh, you are. That's that's all that this is. Photography is fun and it should be enjoyable and it shouldn't be stressful and it shouldn't be overwhelming and it shouldn't be confusing. It should be fun and it should be something that you should want to explore. And I feel like the Beginner Photography Podcast uh, Facebook community is one of the most conducive groups uh, to be able to to foster that. So, Again, if you do want to join the group, we would love to have you. Just search Facebook for Beginner Photography Podcast, and you will find it there. So uh, really excited to get into this one. Today we talk about a lot of stuff like uh, why Shane switched, obviously, from from photos to – I'm sorry, from videos to photo, uh, where Shane finds his inspiration, and what elements he looks for when – uh, trying to capture a great image. So with that, ton of great information here. Let's go ahead and get on into this interview with Shane Wilkie. Who who are you? What do you do? And uh, how did you end up here? Well, uh, my name's Shane. Um, I guess by trade, I build storage servers for a company called 45 Drives. And when I'm not doing that, I find myself clicking shutter. <laughs> and... Um, I've been shooting photos now for God I, since about March, honestly. Been long at all, and uh, but like going way back. I mean, I I was kind of like yourself, Raymond. I got into video first, 
but uh not so much the cinematography side of it as much as like just shooting skateboarding with friends and like grew up as a skateboarder i've been skateboarding now for like 20 years and um yeah i uh just got into filming and learning more about it and through that is kind of how i learned exposure little bit of composition stuff like that but a lot of like shutter speed and i guess it would be generally it was always called exposure on the cameras what would be iso on kind of what we're used to in the photography world Mm -hmm. and um yeah so about in march just at a skate park with a friend who's a great photographer and i was having a casual conversation about cameras and i was having issues with my video cameras at the time and I had a, or my wife has a DSLR, a Canon Rebel T5. And I just asked like, hey, do all of the same video settings just transfer over into photography? And short answer, he basically told me yes and pointed me in the right direction of, hey, learn the exposure triangle, maybe learn some composition. And it was off to the races, really. I just grabbed <laughs> the DSLR. I went right into manual because I just knew that like, I do manual settings for video. I'm going to do manual settings for photo. I'm not leaving this up to the camera. I want to make the decisions. And from there, I just started out shooting photos like around the house because of like the weather, COVID restrictions in my area and shooting my, like my wife, my dog, pretty much anything. And then it just kind of spiraled into, I like to shoot landscapes and then I like to shoot portraits and here I am today. I uh, just started my photography business, and ideally, I want to be a wedding photographer long term. With that, I I really love the idea of high risk shoots for a high payoff. As in, you know, this is the biggest day of someone's life for many people who get married, and like, I really want to like nail it on that and capturing those memories for them because I know how much my wedding photos meant to my wife and I, especially um, we both skateboard. So we incorporated skateboarding into our wedding photos, which oh, very cool. Yeah. So I like the idea of cat, like people, their personality showing in that regard through photos of them and in those big moments of their life. And um, yeah. So working towards that now and here i am i found the group just one day when my um when i was told to look up the exposure triangle and i found the podcast i think it was your exposure triangle episode maybe episode two three and four yeah it was super early on yeah so i listened to that because i was at work at the time and i didn't want to wait until i was after work to start like learning (laughs) about it so i just threw the headphones in and I just loved those first three episodes and just kept going on it ever since re-listening to a lot of episodes. Awesome. Right on. I, so uh, there's a lot right there that, uh, that yeah, we can I can go be long winded. I'm <laughs> apologies no, in advance. <laughs> no, this is wonderful. I love, it's like a, just like a stream of consciousness, which I think is makes for, for easy conversation for sure. So I think my first question for you is, uh, why, like why photography? If you were already doing video, what was it about photography that piqued your interest? I honestly don't know at the time what it was so much as I know, like going back to when I was extremely young, my mom shot a lot of 
photos on film in like I don't know per se how much intention there were in the shots, but Hey, she captured moments from family vacations, different life milestones in all my life. I loved going through her photo albums. And she also shot like videos, like birthday parties, Christmases, trips and whatnot. So I was kind of always around cameras and she'd always let me play around with the cameras and I'd go around the house and waste her film. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I don't really know what it was. It was just, I guess, my friend who I had been talking to and I asked the question of, hey, does all these settings, is it all the same? I really enjoyed his work and kind of looking at his work, I thought, I kind of want to do that. I think I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just kind of so, went from there. Well, what is it now then? Like, what's keeping you with photography now rather than picking up the video camera again and going right back to that? I think at first, and I think there was a lot of infatuation towards it being something new as well as I really just like being behind a camera, but with photography, I like that you're stopping a moment in time, like video I'm recording for as long as the, the memory card or the, the mini DV tape will go. Whereas this is one split second in time that you're capturing and it cannot be replicated. And I think that there's something kind of kind of special about it in that sense that it's, um, I don't know. (laughs) Do you find, sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. Do you find, uh, with, with video, you would just end up just rolling just so that you didn't miss anything. Whereas photography, you do feel more like, um, more of the hunter where like you're looking for that one thing to, to be able to capture. Does that question make sense? I feel like that's a video versus photo question that maybe not many will understand, but hopefully you do. I totally get that. And uh, a lot of it is the, uh, the skateboarder in me just, we go out and we hunt down anything that is remotely smooth that you can ride a skateboard on anywhere to go skate. And uh, it's kind of like that with photos for me. I, really enjoy the hunt like driving and walking trying to find that next shot as well as when i'm on a shoot with a client i like that waiting and always being ready to capture a moment to to get that shot Mm -hmm. so i kind of like the anticipation of hey you two do your thing and i'm just gonna sit back and you're gonna hear some shutter clicks yeah (laughs) what's the hardest part about that for you um, the hardest part at first was I always would feel like during a shoot when I want them to do their own thing that they're almost waiting for direction. Mm-hmm. And it was sometimes hard at first to just let myself settle and not give too much direction and wanting to be doing too much. Not really leaving the moment up to them to be themselves if that makes any sense. Yeah. Are you saying that now you're, you're better at that giving them that space? Yes, exactly. Giving that space, but also being present in the moment to interact with them and, uh, direct them as for the poses for expressions, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So what was it then you think in the beginning, it was just nervousness that you felt like you had to just continue talking. And now, now you realize you're like, oh, wait, if I just stop talking, maybe they'll do something interesting here. What I yeah, what I kind of realized was when 
they, they hear the, the shutter click. They know, okay, there's photos being taken. I, this, I'm doing something right. Whereas if I'm maybe changing my settings or not saying anything and kind of waiting for something to happen, I feel like at, there was times where they would kind of wonder, hey, am I doing something right? And then just wouldn't really look like natural in that moment. That makes sense. That makes sense. So obviously, you know, you've come a long way since, uh, since those earliest photos, but like, is that something that you still struggle with now or is there something entirely new when having a couple in front of your camera? Um, honestly, I feel like there's something new every single time. That's good. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's okay because I want to be put in that situation to learn more. It's kind of like where I, I mentioned earlier that like, I like the idea of the high risk shot. Like, Hey, if you miss it, it can't be done again mm-hmm. because kind of similar to if um, like filming someone do this crazy skateboard trick that you know that they worked hours for and aren't going to do again, mm-hmm. that you have to get it that one time. If that makes any sense there. It does. Go on. I I relate a lot of things to skateboarding. (laughs) No, I mean... Um, That'll be a constant theme. (laughs) That's what they say. They're like, you know, talk about what you know. So that totally makes sense. So then when it comes to... um, uh, uh, Sorry. Uh, My wife just sent me a very cryptic text. I don't know if it's a... Oh, wait. Anyway. (sighs) No worries. Some sort of app download. It, it looked like a license plate. I was like, did she just get hit? Did, anyway, sorry. Apologize for that. Um, no when it comes to, obviously, skateboarding, you do have that um, – you do have that um, – I don't want to say anticipation. Anticipation is not the right word. But, like, where you are looking for that moment. As you said, you know, somebody's been trying weeks, been trying a long time to get this trick to work, and you have to get it that first time. How did – what are those similar moments for you in, say, an engagement session? Because I feel like with an engagement session or somebody listening might think, well, you can just ask them to do it again or you can put them in that same situation. So do you feel like it's the same sort of high stakes as it is for skateboarding? Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. Actually, my first time shooting with a couple, I learned this lesson in that I, um, for whatever reason, I was just not nailing the focus at that moment and I did not get them kiss and I could I could kind of tell that it wasn't going to be a, a shoot where they're going to do that often 
And at in in the moment, I was a little nervous to ask, like, "Hey, do you think you like if you're feeling feeling it, um, you kiss?" And it happened, and I missed it completely. The one, and it was kind of the the composition, the lighting had it all. And I kind of realized then that, oh, uh, even at, I was anticipating this to happen, but I still I still didn't get it. So I have to to work harder, get it next time, and learn from my mistakes. What, what does that mean? Work harder for next time? Like what? What in particular do you plan on um, perfecting to ensure that you don't fall in that situation again? Um, a lot of times, I'll try to shoot some like when I just go out and shoot for fun. If say if I had an issue with, I feel like lighting, I'll go out in a similar lighting setting and just shoot, 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 shoot until I feel like I really got it down or learned what I was doing wrong, learned something new. Basically just go practice with boring shots yeah. <laughs> in, good, in good lighting or what say whatever scenario I was in when I experienced said problem. Yeah, yeah. Have you been in a situation where you were shooting – and you nailed a shot and you thought, oh, thank goodness I took all those photos of boring plants earlier so that I could nail this. Um, yeah, there was definitely a couple. Um, ones where I really wanted to get genuine laughter in my first uh, maternity shoot. I really wanted to get reactions and less posy shots. And... Uh, I definitely feel like I nailed it on that one for what I was going for. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. is that what you asked? I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Essentially. Yeah. 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 It's, I, I guess I just wanted a, a time in which the practice that you put in uh, actually paid off. So yeah, that's perfect. But you brought up a good point there when it comes to uh, looking for those reactions rather than like superposed photos. And I think that's kind of a common theme. That's something that a lot of people want. That's something that I strive for. You know, what What tricks or what have you found has worked for you uh, to be able to do that, to get those reactions rather than superposed, awkward-looking, stiff moments? Most what I've noticed is that when I have a good flow with the shoot and I'm interacting with the couple or the wh- whatever, whatever type of shoot it is, that the most at ease they are, the more they open up Mm. and that the more they can relax. And a lot of it too, is that only a year ago, my wife and I had our wedding photos and engagement photos done. And admittedly, I was extremely nervous to do that and uncomfortable. So I, I feel like it was just fresh enough in my mind, all the tips and tricks that our photographer had to put us at ease and, get those reactions out of us that she wanted. So you obviously have real world experience from your wedding, your engagement. You have, uh, you know, knowledge that you get from either the group or YouTube, you know, whatever it is. Is there something that you've been taught that you thought to yourself, this just doesn't feel right for me or you've tried it and it just doesn't work in, in, in your style? Is there, is there anything like that? Hmm. I've definitely been suggested things where 
I didn't necessarily think like that was right for me, but I'd always try to take it and expand on it. Like if it was a suggestion, obviously try it. And maybe if I can make it my own thing per se, um, nothing actually comes to mind on that. I'm definitely, <laughs> it's definitely happened though. Yeah. <laughs> That's good though. You know, if, if you're willing to, to try all those things and then discover for yourself, I really think that's the key. That's the key to like so many things, you know, especially in photography is that it's like there with photography is such a subjective art form, essentially, you know, some people love it for the uh, technical aspect. Some people love it for the artistic aspect. And that's what makes giving information so hard is that you don't know where people are coming from and like what they resonate with, you know? So like for me, I definitely resonate most, most with like the technical things. Like I want somebody to give me like step by step, but at the same time, I really like kind of those big ideas so that I can kind of formulate something together. But like, if I have a specific question, it's going to be in one of those two buckets. So, and it's hard when somebody asks like, you know, uh, like what setting should I use for this situation or this photo? You don't know how they see that photo in their head. Now they can tell you, but like, because you don't know, you can't give that information. So for you to be like, you know, like you just kind of have to figure these things out. And like, if I get any sort of information, I'm going to give it a try. I think it's really going to help you uh, in the long run to be able to figure these things out better for yourself. And it's going to give you more experience, which is always something, uh, you know, that is, uh, um, you know, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> that was a, that was a terrible way to wrap things up there. I apologize for that. Uh, I'd love to know, though, when it comes to, like, your shooting style, the things that you want to shoot more. So, obviously, you want to photograph more people. Um, the, one of the biggest struggles for you, you were saying, is, like, the interaction and just making sure that, like, you know, you get it down uh, with them. When it comes to those photos, I I would love to know, is there a time when, um, like, moment mattered most for you? Like, do you have a photo that maybe the technicals are garbage, but, like, the rest of the photo is fantastic? Definitely. 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 Um, the one that comes to mind because I almost sent it to you, it, it just it, most relevant, uh, I guess at the moment is I was on a boat shooting a jet ski Yes. and the person driving the jet ski had a dog on the front with them and they were <laughs> flying towards me and ro- like on a, like a really fast moving subject while you're on a boat rocking back and forth was extremely hard. So I was missing focus on everything. However, I got one like perfect shot of the dog, like coming towards me, like ears just completely out sideways, mouth open, smiling. And he's like out of focus, but I don't care. It it, it was just too cute. I love dogs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the way I was actually going to bring that up in the beginning when you were like, I, you know, do skateboards and I want to get into weddings. I was like, you forgot dog jet skiers. <laughs> that is, that's going to be like the next big, uh, you know, topic in photography, the next big genre. Like, let's see what we can get to get on jet skis. <laughs> yeah. You'll be, you'll be right at the top of the list for everybody. <laughs> that's hilarious. So like, what about, um, you know, when you go out, I guess, does that affect kind of how you, or did that affect, did that change the way that you saw photography from that moment on? Um, when I went out, how, sorry. Like as far as like capturing that photo and seeing, Oh, wait a second, you know, 
it is a little bit out of focus, but I still love this photo. Does that change the way that you go forward and shoot? Um, not necessarily because I'm still still shooting to try to get the photos that I love. And that's ultimately it is I love just shooting. So if mm-hmm. I love the photo for maybe one reason or another, whether it's the technicals or the moment, I love the photo regardless. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like going forward, as long as I love the photo, I'm just totally happy. That said, shooting for someone else, obviously you want them to love the photo too. That And to me, that's going to matter more. And um, that being said, I feel like if I do, if like, if I make myself happy at the end of the day with getting these photos, which is old, you know, I'm going to make them happy as well. I don't know if that's bold, but I'm my own worst critic and I'll, <laughs> I'd nitpick everything to death. Uh-huh. And so then I, Oh, go ahead. So then what is, like what makes a photo that you love? You know, you said that as long as you can capture photos that you love, like you'll be all right. So like what, I guess, what elements go into a photo that you love? Like if you look at the back of a camera and you think, yes, what makes that photo stand out to you? For me, I really enjoy shooting any type, any moment of happiness or like anything positive, like triumph. And if I look at the back of my camera, in the photo just really makes me feel something, then that's when I know that this is a good shot. Mm. In my opinion, anyways, that's when I'm very, very happy. When I say triumph, I mean, uh, like say skateboarding or my wife and I do a lot of hiking in the Cape Breton Highlands here. And, um, if anyone who's listening has never been, it's, absolutely beautiful anyone who says there's nothing to do in cape breton they're they're lying to you (laughs) Uh, um so working hard to say hike a mountain to just get a photo from the top of it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i guess i'm just trying to think like uh if 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 excitement if that joy if that sense of accomplishment that triumph like you're saying here are those elements that that you love most i'm trying to think how do you think, is there a way that you have found yet to maybe incorporate those into more uh, client work as far as like with engagements? Like what sorts of photos do those look like? Um, not exactly sure what you mean. I'm sorry. Sure. So like, um, you know, I can think if you say I love photos of, you know, we'll, we'll say triumph here and I'm thinking of skateboarding, it's landing that shot. It's making it, it's that like excitement when it comes to working with, say, uh, an engagement session, what sorts of photos does Triumph look like when you have a couple in front of your camera? Is it them? Because I'm sure that it's not them like high fiving, oh, like, yeah, I, we did it. Like, yeah. this is awesome. Um, like, I, what I sorts totally, of photos totally do those get you look now. like? Yeah, yeah, my bad there. Um, yeah, so I feel like with that type of thing, that like obviously engagement and marriage is a big commitment and it's something that two people are going to work on together. And it's definitely a life milestone. And in my opinion, anyways, like it it was definitely something that I was really looked, wanted to do and was very proud to do. And uh, especially, 
I know that with other people that that's, I want them to uh, kind of feel that, that sense of triumph, like, Hey, we're, we're working on our lives to move forward together. There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. So as far as like, I, so like I understand, um, let, me, let me ask you for an example. Do you have an example of a photo that encapsulates that feeling for you? Like, do you have right now uh, either an engagement or a wedding photo that you think to yourself, like, this is it. Like, I want to do more of these because this is the feeling that I uh, resonate with most. Okay, yeah. Uh, Truthfully, I actually, I'm shooting my first engagement in a couple weeks. I've just done just couples and uh, a maternity shoot. Gotcha. haven't haven't done as that many paid shoots or just shoots in general. It's a lot of just been, I bring a camera everywhere I go and try to corner, corner some friends and <laughs> hey, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Of course. And, um, but that being said, no, I definitely feel like with that maternity shoot that I felt that that connection between the couple and that they were definite, like it was very obvious that, they were happy about moving forward and that this was a big, big moment in their lives that they waited for. And um, I feel like it was kind of that moment of triumph, that happiness. Yeah. And that's, that's what you were looking for. I love that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite photo of yours like that you've ever taken? Um, may, it'd be really hard to narrow it down to one, but... Hmm. I'm definitely biased in the sense I just I've always loved taking photos of my wife (laughs) and uh, maybe that one I sent actually the it's just uh, more or less a headshot with Mm -hmm. her in a field at golden hour was kind of kind of backlit. So that that comes to mind. What is it about Um, that photo that you love so much? Um. It wasn't one of the times where I said, Hey, do you th- the lighting's really cool here. Do you think that you could stand over there or I could get this shot of you just to maybe like practice or something? She just, it was like almost fate. I was just shooting some, some friends and she happened to be walking over and it was just a, I, I don't know. She, she just, she made kind of a, like a funny face at me and I caught the tail end of it. <laughs> and it more or less just translated into like, I don't know, this really adorable smile. And 
I don't really sh- shoot at golden hour that often, not by choice, but I, I was always at the skate park at golden hour <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it would either be harsh light, which is why I asked so many questions in the group and talked about harsh light so much because I kind of like it, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I can get to that. And then anyways, yeah, just not really getting to shoot golden hour with people as much. And I feel like this was like my first like shot where I was like, Hey, this is that golden hour look that I really want my photos mm-hmm. to, to look like at that hour where I f- just really feel like I nailed the shot. Yeah. Is that going to change like when you decide to to do shoots in the future? Are you going to choose that golden hour or is that more of a, you know, I don't know, a perk or something? Um, no, I definitely with shoots, I, I do them all in golden hour. Mm-hmm. I just more so mean if I'm uh, shooting for, for fun, which oh, okay. it's always for fun, right? But yeah, yeah, when always. it's just more like personal stuff, like whatever I'm doing that day and I just have my camera with me. Mm-hmm. so that, then tell uh, me about so your relationship oh sorry about that tell me about your nope. relationship with harsh light you said um, that you like it well, what is it i i really just like being up early and i like mm-hmm. those hours of the day when like harsh light is just kind of all you have and that tends to be when i would be outside doing a lot of shooting video and i just got used to it um knowing all the skate spots in town like I knew even before photography where the light would be, like where the sun would be at what time of day, where it, when it's going to be good to go to what spot. And what I noticed was harsh lighting with skateboarding anyways, opened up a lot of doors because golden hour looks really good, but I just like the harsh lighting. I, I just really liked it with video and I just kind of wanted my photos to look similar to my videos in the way that I, I kind of edit them the same mm-hmm, as far mm-hmm. as like the color correction and whatnot. So, yeah, I, and I'm also, um, I feel like if I'm going to be shooting, say weddings, a lot of weddings happen in the afternoon. They do. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to be steered away from this, uh, the daunting harsh lighting when I, I want to have that down where it's, it's not, on my mind if I'm going to get the shot. Cause I know how to deal with harsh lighting when I'm at the, the wedding and I'm more concerned about, Hey, who's the, where's this person I need to get a photo of. So then uh, obviously you have some experience just shooting video and more harsh lighting. Um, I'm sure that some people are listening right now thinking like, well, do you have any tips for us? Like how, how do you make harsh lighting? Um, I, I don't want to say favorable, but how do you make it work for you? A lot of it is even photo and video is just positioning the subject. Obviously you want even lighting on the face and the, just if you have to, if I have to put the person or the subject in shade or shoot from the shade and sometimes with skateboarding or um, even just bounce light, if I have to, that's something I've been trying to do a little more is use natural reflectors with light um, to minimal success, but Hey, we're working <laughs> on <laughs> natural reflectors, such as like what, like the side of a building or, or a ceiling. Yeah. Or like a, uh, like bright, um, like white, light gray concrete I've seen oh, okay. suggested. And, uh, and uh, yeah, like white buildings, white light or anything where I can kind of, 
get that reflection. Mm-hmm. Do, and, do you have uh, a shoot? Yeah, so, sorry. No, go no, go for it. Do you have a shoot that you found to be in particularly frustrating for you? Just things just did not seem to be working out. You know what? Fingers crossed, and that might change this weekend, but not yet. And I might really? be jinx. I might be jinxing that, but there was never any like, oh, this isn't working. This isn't working, and just constant frustration. I feel like I was so far with shoots. I've been pretty good at not letting myself get too in my head about what's going wrong. Mm. I um. I don't know how do you pronounce his name. I remember the episode on the podcast. Uh, is it we? Oh, the, yeah. What? We win. Yes. Yeah. I loved his episode. And when he talked about anticipating mistakes, that really resonated. Because I thought, you know, if I anticipate for all this bad stuff to happen, it's probably not going to be as frustrating. It's all like, oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. All right. What's next? <laughs> and just yeah. move, just keep going. Um, just kind of, you know, it can happen, but or sorry, mistakes or frustrations can happen. But even with like going back to skateboarding, like you're not going to really get anywhere being mad about it. You Mm. might as well keep trying again, try it again. What do you see as like the biggest potential issues for you? Like you show up. Okay. Let me rephrase that question. Rather than focusing on the potential issues, let's focus on like, what are the, what are the elements of a shoot that you want to go particularly well? Uh, the ones I'm definitely hoping for. I've had cameras with video just die on me on something break. And I feel like it's just a thing with me and electronics or electronics. And I just, they break and I never want something to happen to the camera. Like, Oh my God, guys, my camera isn't working. Right. <laughs> Whereas I feel like, that's something like or i can control other things like you can't obviously there's some things that just you know nature right like with the weather you're never going to be in control of that but as far as interactions with the couple and being uh like planning for the shoot and being prepared that's on me but if the camera just i don't know says nope today and nope. I say that because I'm shooting on a Rebel T5, mm-hmm. and um, I definitely know the the feeling of wanting wanting a better camera. But hey, this is what I have, so maybe it's that punk rock side of me from <laughs> playing in punk bands. I'll just make do with what I got and use yeah. it to the best of its ability. Yeah, I think being in that situation. Let me try to. I think when it comes to like being in that situation, I think that's something that I probably worried about a lot, you know, in the beginning as well. Mm-hmm. Like what if I'm out and the camera just dies? Like, what do you do? And I think that there's this idea that you want to appear like super professional and like that you got it all together and that if anything goes wrong, you're going to be able to solve it. But, uh, you know, I mean, even if you watch, uh, I don't know, professional sports, like people get taken out of the game, like all the time, you know, like these things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you were just honest about it and you're like, you, you're not going to believe what happened. <laughs> like my <laughs> camera just died on me. Uh, I think that there's going to be some empathy there. And obviously if you just take it and you're like, look, here's what I like, I'm going to get you back in front of the camera and we're going to do this proper, you know, 
in a yeah. week or two weeks or something, I think he should be all right. Like, yeah, I don't, th- I don't want you to stress about that or worry about that too much. Uh, cause that, I mean, that is, that is a terrifying thought, but I think that, I think that you'll be all right. I feel like you'll be able to kind of talk your way out of it. You'll be okay. I, I want to know, like, where do you find inspiration? You know, when it comes to photography, there's a million places. I've heard people say that they get their inspiration for photos, like through music. And like, that is a totally foreign idea to me. So when it comes to inspiration for you, where, where does it come from? Um, a lot of, this sounds kind of funny to say a lot of what I see, like on like, obviously the cliche thing to say is Instagram, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is like other people's photos, but I've been like a lot of the inspiration lately has just been wanting to document life and just being inspired to help others and serve others with photography and uh, maybe not so much going and scrolling on Instagram and playing that comparison game as much as, Hey, what, what can I do to make, more people happy and feel good and want to work with me. Mm-hmm. And, and the inspiration there has been, I guess from a technical standpoint, that's uh, has been um, a lot of Stanley Kubrick films. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I really like, I guess this is kind of side, this side tangent. I was told to watch his films by a friend when I was getting into photography. And like, if you want to learn composition and lighting, go back and watch some of them. So I went on this, my wife and I, we binged watch like the killing paths of glory, Dr. Strange love, like the old ones. Sure. And the inspiration for types of shots to get in the, in those movies completely blew me away in his use of lighting and composition you never watch a Kubrick film and at any point your eye wanders and wonder where you should be looking. Mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like it was, everything is so intentional and I, I really, that's been an inspiration as to like, how can all my shots be very intentional and you're not left wondering where to look when you see the photo. Has that been challenging for you? It can be because sometimes I feel like when I'm looking at the photo, my eye will go to where I want it to go. Like, Oh, this is where I want it to end up. But naturally it doesn't land there. So then sometimes I'll ask a second opinion, say like, Hey, does where did, where, where does your eye land on this? Because it's, it's been a, a worry of mine since uh, someone who I looked up to in photography. One of the first times I went out shooting with them, I took this shot of this coastline. I was so excited about it. And I showed him the back of the camera and he's just like, What's that a picture of? And I was like, got it. Got it. Of course. Of course. But it, it made me think that I wasn't intentional enough with telling the viewer the story that I want to tell. Uh-huh. And it then turned into, okay, well, how can I work on that? And how, how do I learn and grow? And then it was just from then on, that's, what led me to watch a lot of the Kubrick films. Cause I feel like I can look at photography and see um, other people's photos and get inspiration f- for like that sort of thing. But I find I could compare myself to it or I could be biased. When I want it to look like that where it's a little harder for me to make 
a bright, warm, colorful photo look like a black and white film that's Mm -hmm. in standard definition, if that makes any sense. Sure, sure. I, I just, I really like taking inspiration from some other avenue in my interest and then applying it to something else. Like an, an example, I guess is just, I really like like really symmetrical landscape photography. I don't like things being off and unbalanced and I take that and apply it to when I'm shooting, say a couple, I want photos to have really nice balance and be somewhat symmetrical. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that in your photos is that they're very, they're very either clean or like you said, symmetrical, you know, oftentimes I think I'll look at like a new photographer's work and I kind of ha- ask that same question of like, what, what am I supposed to be looking at here? Like, what exactly is this a picture of? Uh, but so far your photos, you do a fantastic job of either filling the frame or like, I think just being, aware of your surroundings to use something like a path as leading lines or to use a horizon as, you know, again, leading lines to a head or something like that. And so exactly what you're saying, like what you hope to accomplish, like I see it, like I see it like starting to develop. So I think you're on the right path. (laughs) Yeah. You just have to continue doing that. And I think whatever, whatever you feel, like whatever you sense kind of around you, just keep diving into that because that is, I think that's going to be, be your thing. That's going to be your calling card. That's going to be able to help you get to uh, exactly what it is that you want to do. Yeah. Oh, um, and one thing on that is that I remember hearing, I think it was Mark Silber when he was on the podcast and I think it was in his book on X amount of compositions. Okay. Yeah. I, I forget the exact name of it. I'm like, it's like 83 so, or something. It's bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in the, him talking about, it matters more what you don't include into a photo than what you do. Mm-hmm. That really was big for me. Cause I was noticed like all these little, like, why is that tree in the edge of this photo? Yeah. And yeah. then I started to be more, uh, definitely more, um, aware and conscious of like what to exclude in a photo and also like framing. Like with where I mentioned, I really love the symmetrical photos that are really clean. I really like a nice frame in that sense, like mm-hmm. something very, very symmetrical, I like shapes. Well, you're doing it. Yeah, it's yeah. working. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I want to know more about the uh, uh, Facebook group a little bit because I know, you know, since you've been in it, uh, since you joined, you've been a rather active member of the community for sure. Like what, what is it about the group that, um, that you've enjoyed a part of as opposed to other photography groups that you found online? Um, truth be told, this is the only photography group I'm a part of. And it was the first one I joined and I don't, I just didn't really ever feel the need to go elsewhere to another group because (laughs) it's a great community. You, I like, there's a lot of people whose work I just really, really love to see every time that like certain names pop up. And I like the support. You can ask a question and definitely don't feel like in any way stupid or like you're asking a stupid question. You're going to get an honest answer and everyone's there to help. I like that. Yeah. I feel like everybody is there to help. 
I like it as well. It's definitely one of my favorite places to be on the internet. So I'm glad that you found it. I'm glad that you're enjoying it as well. Um, are there any standout episodes of the podcast for you? Was there anything, I know that you mentioned we win earlier and, uh, Mark Silber there. Are there any like overall episodes that, uh, that when you think if somebody were to ask you like, Hey, uh, I'm thinking about listening to this podcast. Like, what episode? What episode should I listen to? What What would you suggest? Oh wow, all. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know if you have 273 um, hours, but <laughs> yeah, no. Um, one that gave me a lot of confidence in uh, in my own shoots was uh, Jen Pierce. Oh yeah, I, I thought her episode was really good and I know I'm going to butcher his name, Seth Miranda, the BMXer. Yeah. Miranda, Seth Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Miranda that he was real. Yeah. That was, that was, that was awesome. That's all you got to say. He was real. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you think it was the honesty in that episode that, uh, that you resonated with or was there anything specifically photography related? Um, definitely the honesty and um also that i think that even though bmx and skateboarders aren't supposed to like each other there was that (laughs) is as well as um i think when he talked about the project that he shot with working with i think it was like a friend with drug addiction Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, that was heavy and uh really opened my eyes to like, well, you can really shoot like heavy, heavy topics and tell these heavy stories in a way that you're, it still is beautiful or it, it's still, it's not, you're not trying to portray this horrible, horrible image. It's just, you're wanting to make this subject, this person, look their best and tell their story as best as it represents them. Have you tried any of that? Have you, have you thought about uh, like what you would do in that situation? Um, I have, I have, but Oh my God, I think I would have to be in it to really, I I could predict it for days to come until it would happen. And then it would be, I would just react accordingly or (laughs) however I would. Yeah, yeah. Now you said uh, Jen Pierce made you feel a little bit more confident in your photography. How so? Um, I thought that she she mentioned something in the episode about like different like couples being in. I think she said it was particularly guys being reluctant to have their photo taken in that, and I feel like it gave me a lot of confidence in the sense that. I don't feel like there's a whole lot of, uh, I hope no one around here is watching this. <laughs> I hope that not anyways. Anyways, there's a lot of guys. I don't feel like love getting their photo taken in that context around here. Don't want to be seen and be vulnerable basically. Cause it's, it's intimidating to be vulnerable. And I just don't feel like that. Some people want that. And it mm-hmm. gave me the, it kind of like gave me the inspiration and the, um, to, May, to accept that you know people are going to ha- have these um i don't know how am i looking to say this people are worried about being vulnerable in that you have to understand that in that it's just a natural human reaction to 
not want to let your guard down. And like I mentioned that like with guys in my area and specifically, and maybe anyone for that matter, I could be um, a little nervous to get their photo taken. And that gave me a lot of confidence hearing how she dealt with that per se. Mm -hmm. You mean because um, now you're going to internalize it less and just say, Hey, look, this person's just not, not very comfortable. This isn't anything that I'm doing as a photographer. This is just, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you from experience, even just this last weekend, I had a wedding where I was just like, this guy is not, he's not into it, (laughs) you know, at all. (laughs) And I think, um, you know, I I don't know why that is. I don't know. I don't know if photography is looked at as like a vanity thing. I think, you know, maybe, maybe part of it is, you know, but a wedding is, is a big day. Like you, like you had mentioned earlier. And I think that if you can let them know that like, look, this is like, this is a day for you. You know, this Mm -hmm. isn't about, you know, making you look pretty in front of a camera or whatever like this. I'm here to document what this day turns out to be for you. That I think that kind of takes some of the, the, uh, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Not air out of the room, but, uh, you know, it, it kind of lightens the load, I guess, as for far sure, as yeah. the, uh, the amount of stress that they put on themselves. And you just let them know, like, look, I'm just going to let you two be you too. And I'm going to be here to, to take photos of it. And then I find that that usually helps. So you might want to try that next time and just see if, uh, if that does the same thing. Cause I would, I would love to hear the results if it does. Oh, you know, actually on the last couple I shot, that was one of the first things I told them at the, oh, when I arrived at the shoot was, you know, you're here to be together and this is about you mm-hmm. that you are only to concentrate on each other because this is for you. And mm-hmm. Don't worry about the creep with the camera. And there was, I got a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. You got this. That is hilarious. <laughs> That's too funny, man. Shane, we are, we're just about at the end of our time here, man. I really appreciate you uh, being open and sharing everything that you did today. Is, is there anything that maybe I didn't ask you that you want to make sure that people kind of know about photography or, or, or something that you, um, Wow, these are really turning into long-winded questions. Uh, is there anything that, that you feel like uh, that you want people to know about about photography, I suppose? Just to always go with your gut feeling on stuff and don't overthink it. I've definitely been in situations where I've just missed shots because I'm, I'm overthinking just some irrelevant factor of the moment or what's going on, my settings, anything. Just always... Go with your gut and don't think about it and be prepared. And uh, that's definitely the best advice that's been given to me. And to know your worth. Because I I doubt myself a lot in photography. Admittedly, when asked, you asked me if I wanted to do the interview, I I doubt it myself. And uh, there's this quote my wife will always say to me. And she says, know your worth and add tax. Hey, I like that. I like that. And now, and now look at you, you've even made your first hundred dollars with your camera as well. Uh, so what do you think that means for you in the future? Do you think prices go up? Do you think, how does this change for you? Um, prices have gone up, <laughs> uh, with, Good. with the, the change in season, I figured that was an appropriate time as that seems to be when other people do that. And 
prices go up and hopefully that means moving forwards to a camera upgrade in the future. My plan is to upgrade with money only earned from photography. Nice. Nice. I, I, I want to work for it and I can shoot on a rebel until then. Like Kurt Cobain played Sears or like thrift store guitars. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, Hey, I can shoot on a, I can shoot on a camera. That's a few years old. Right. I feel like people, look down on their cameras so much. And it's like, I think it's, I think part of it, honestly, is like YouTube has taught us that like, we should always want the best camera that there is. And that is, uh, that's not the case. And I'm glad that you are fighting against it and that you are resisting and that you're trying to make it uh, the best that you can and earn a new camera. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, Shane, is there any question that I can answer for you about photography while, while I'm here? Oh my God, where to start? <laughs> um okay i have one i'm shooting a a concert this weekend Mm -hmm. and i don't believe that i'm going to have any sort of flash for it Mm because i don't really like the on-camera flash on my rebel on a rebel with poor low light performance how would you go about getting ensuring proper exposure at an in a high gain situation. Sure. Of course. So this concert it's at night, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be in like a dimly lit, uh, room or open room bar. Okay. Okay. So this isn't like a concert, like a venue where there's like a big, like light stage package or anything on, uh, on stage. Now I know the sound guy doing sound, but I don't know what his lighting is going to be like. I know his his sound is really good, but I never, I don't know what lights he's going to have. Now (laughs) I'm anticipating it being like an ISO 6,400 kind of night. Gotcha. Okay. But you're just assuming, right? You're, you're not, you're not sure. You're just, you're just planning for the worst at this point. Yeah, exactly. Just planning for the worst and preparing for how and how to deal with it. Uh, I went to a birthday party this past weekend, a 60th birthday party. And I brought my camera cause I knew the lighting was going to be similar. Mm-hmm. And I was just going around snapping candid photos to how can I get good settings and still get the focus, let as much light in as I need. Mm-hmm. And, uh, definitely learned a few things there. Uh, about shooting in low light. Yep. Okay. So what did you, what did you discover? Was there anything, was it to not go above a certain ISO or, or what was it? It was, uh, more or less learning the threshold of where, how low I can go with my shutter speed before I'm going to start to notice that motion blur to the point of where I don't like it. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. And, um, what lens will you be bringing? Um, I typically shoot on an 18 to 135 uh, millimeter Canon, but I don't think that I'm going to be able to get enough light in with that. So I'm thinking on a 50 millimeter 1.8. Will you be able to get close enough to the stage, you think? Um, yeah, I would say. And I mean, I, f- I feel like with the 50 millimeter on the crop sensor, it's more or less, can I get far enough away? In some, <laughs> I think in some that you'll cases. be surprised. I think that you'll be surprised. You know, oftentimes <laughs> when there's a stage and if people, again, I don't know what the venue looks like, but uh, if somebody walks too far away, uh, I, I feel like oftentimes now I've never shot in a concert um, shot a concert, but um, I have experience shooting in low light, so I can speak to that. But I feel like every time I see concert photographers, they're shooting with like a 70 to 200 or 
I would just recommend that you bring both because my yeah. assumption is that is that if there's any sort of lighting kit there's there's going to be a surprising amount of light on stage that mm. it just seems very dim because the whole place looks dim and hopefully your camera is able to pick up on uh, on some good light but let's say that there's not you know let's say that uh it's it's just the house lights or whatever it is there then the question is how do you get good photos in low light situations in poor poor quality light and I would say this, that um, I would much rather have a blurry or I'd much rather have a grainy photo than a blurry photo, meaning right. if you like if you got to shoot an ISO 8000 and it looks like garbage, it's going to look better than if you shot at a shutter speed of one half of a second and <laughs> there's just crazy motion blur and you can't tell anything that is going on. So um, that's what I would do. I would say don't worry too much about the ISO. I would say uh, try to keep your shutter speed no slower than one thirtieth of a second, and keep your eye or keep your aperture as open as possible. And then just uh, I would just you know ride the ISO uh, dial at that point, and either bring it down if it's too bright, or bring it up if if you need more light. You know, whereas with wedding photography, I'm often the opposite, where I will set my aperture and my ISO, and then I just ride my shutter speed. I'll just change that to change my exposure. Whereas right. in a situation like this, I think because of the ISO performance, you might want to ride the ISO dial rather than the shutter speed dial. As long as you can freeze the action, just go with the ISO. Cool. Does That's that helpful. Yeah, totally. Because I, I'm the same way. I often, I set my ISO, my aperture, and then I ride the shutter. And yeah. just that's ultimately how I'm determining the exposure I want. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try that with the ISO. Give it a shot. You know, yeah. if, uh, if you don't want to use flash, then, then, then you got to see, uh, see how that's going to work. And then, um, the other thing would be just to remember, I think that a photo like in a dimly lit concert is going to be underexposed, you know, mm -hmm. like oftentimes somebody, if you're, if you're shooting a night, Oftentimes you'll see like, you know, photos of the stars or whatever, like first time going out doing astrophotography and it's like the whole photo is gray. Like it doesn't look black like the night sky and that's because they shot it at a quote unquote proper exposure. You know, they got the uh, light meter like right in the center to look yeah. the best. Um, and in a dark concert, like it's going to be dark. The photo is going to be underexposed. And remember that if you're shooting in raw, you have the ability to add more light a whole lot easier than it would be to take it away. So if yes. it looks right to you on the back of the camera, like one stop underexposed, but maybe you're at like one fifteenth of a second of a shutter speed, don't worry about that extra stop. I would be happy to go down to one thirtieth of a second and have the shot technically two stops underexposed and then just raise it up a stop, stop and a half in post and uh, and get what you get. Because again, a grainy photo I think is always going to be better than a blurry photo. But that's what I would do. Does that help? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Awesome. 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 Well, Shane, man, again, uh, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. Aside from the Beginner Photography Podcast community, where can listeners find you online? Um, I have a photography page on Instagram at Shane Wilkie Photography. And that's, that's my work for clients. That's where you're going to see like couple shoots. I did an event shoot and anything pretty much paid in that sense business related and if you care enough to see what i do in my day-to-day -day, at shane wilkie and you'll see some skateboarding mixed with other photos that 
know, landscapes and stuff. And building servers. <laughs> yeah. You take many building server photos? You know what? I, I wish I could, but <laughs> because of some of the uh, customers that we do work for, like different uh, military yeah. and Secu- government oh, yeah. contracts, I can't. Security. Yeah, we're not really allowed to oh, disclose dang. different stuff like that on the uh, on the social medias. <laughs> well, luckily, uh, landscapes, skateboarding, uh, nature, dogs riding on uh, jet skis is always fun to look at as well. So, <laughs> again, Shane, man, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to keeping up with you in the future. Yeah, Raymond, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week.